Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams alongside Chip Hazard. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing the hauntings of New York. So, Chip, what can we look forward to in this episode? Uh, well, as always, New York has been a popular tourist destination, but it is also home to some of the most haunted places in America. Some of the most notorious haunted locations around can be found not just in New York City, but further afield across the entire state of New York. So let's uh, let's dive right in, take a closer look at some of the most haunted places in the state of New York. Right, and we're going to kick it off with Letchworth Village, and this is in Thiel, New York. Now, Letchworth Village is tucked away in the rural community where the state gave 2,362 acres of land to be used in the care of the mentally and physically disabled. It was beautiful to look at having been modeled after the Thomas Jefferson estate. However, it hid a very ugly reputation. Like so many other institutions, Letworth, uh, Letchworth I'm sorry, earned a reputation for mistreating its residents. Reports began to filter out of patients living naked in their own filth without any bedding and barely enough food to survive. The children here were used as guinea pigs for early polio vaccinations and barbaric treatments. It is no wonder the place is considered haunted. Strange noises, poltergeist activity, and apparitions are all the new norm at Letchworth Village. Now, after reading all that, the one thing that does bother me the most about this, the one that I find the most disturbing, is the fact that it says the children here were used as guinea pigs for early polio vaccinations and barbaric treatments. Like, you know, like, it's bad enough when you're, like, doing experiments on human beings and adults and whatever, but when you do it to children, that's that's a new level of fucked up to me. Right, you know, like we've said previously, like, man, don't fuck with children. Exactly. Don't fuck with the children, and don't fuck with uh, anybody's final resting place. Right. It, it's it's great. How? What? What are your feelings about this one so far? I mean, I I think it's pretty fucked up that they were experimenting on children. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. j- just straight from the rip. That's that's it's fucked up. It is. Um, now it doesn't give any particular. Um, doesn't give any particular examples of the strange uh, noises or the poltergeist activity. I mean, anytime you're thinking poltergeist activity, you ob- obviously you think of the movie poltergeist. Um, but then again, are these the apparitions of the children that you're seeing? Um, you know, and, and, and the fact that, you know, I mean, there's a huge, I mean, 2,300 plus acres worth of land that was used strictly for the care of the mentally and physically disabled. Um, you know, even then, I mean, especially with reports of people living naked and pretty much wallowing in their own filth, like complete, you know, disregard for their own well-being. You know, it's just it's sad, you know. Right. Yeah. All right. So you want to go to the very next one? 
Uh, yeah, next up is, is one of our favorite places, and, and I don't mean this place in particular, but we always like when uh, there's hauntings in theaters. Yes. And uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Landmark Theater in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, man, the, and the picture that they use is absolutely beautiful. The, the theater that we're looking at is amazingly just, just a gorgeous theater to look at. Uh, uh, it kind of reminds me of the Tivoli here it in does. Chattanooga. It, it very, very, it does a lot. And if anybody wants to check a look at this picture, Chip, where can they go? Well, obviously, they can check out hauntedrooms.com. Uh, as always, we're not sponsored. Hope to be one day, but they do provide us with a ton of information for us to, to be able to do these episodes for you. Exactly. Shout out to hauntedrooms.com and Haunted yes. Rooms America. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, so the Landmark Theater is a grand former movie house dating back to the 1920s. But behind the beautiful facade, there are restless spirits lying in wait. And this is one of the most haunted buildings in New York. Mm -hmm. There, It says there are at least three ghosts said to haunt the building. The most common one is Clarissa, an actress who died after falling from the balcony. Mm. Hmm. Wow. Um, you also may see Oscar, a stagehand who likes to flick the lights off and on hmm. and off and and on and <laughs> off and on. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, <clears throat> interesting though. Like, so it, again, this one doesn't really give too much of a, uh, a description other than the name and how they died. Um, but you would, you would assume that maybe if maybe somebody's on stage, maybe they see the apparition from the stage when they look up at the balcony, maybe, Oh, there's somebody up there, an apparition, or maybe someone's, you think someone's there, but there's really no one sitting in the seats or whatever. You know, um, this one, I mean, for it to be, you know, as as old as it is, you know, you would think, yeah, there's probably some spirits still left in there. Yeah, yeah, you would think so, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, but it does seem like, um, as with most of the theaters that we talk about, um, they seem to be friendly ghosts, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not, not too, not too many malevolent beings or anything evil. Yeah. Or anything of that nature. One of them being, you know, an actress, uh, who died falling from the balcony. Now it just says she fell. So, I mean, did she jump? Was she pushed? Um, did she just lose her balance while she was looking down? Or something like that. It, it it doesn't go into too much detail, um, other than she she fell from the balcony, and then um, right. Oscar, who was a stagehand, it doesn't say exactly how he died at all, but just that he likes to flick the lights off and on. So you know, very uh, gamey, like they yeah. like to play a little game. Yeah, very tame by comparison, according to other. Uh, yes. ones i mean definitely i mean at this point in the new jersey episode because you know everyone always says that you know new jersey already has an inferiority complex when it comes to new york um but i mean jersey as of right now jersey take is taking the lead because i mean there's a lot of stuff in jersey that was a little bit more shock and awe but then again we haven't we we we, we both ladies and gentlemen are going into this into this list blind today so you know, this is going to be interesting. Hopefully we'll see. Maybe something on this list will shock us just as much. Um, but 
we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the very next one. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is the Morris Jumail Mansion, and this is in Manhattan, New York. Pretty nice looking mansion, actually. Now, the Morris Jumail Mansion is one of the oldest houses in all of Manhattan. It ha it also happens to be one of the most haunted. The Georgian style, the, yeah, the Georgian style mansion was built by Roger Morris in 1765 and served as a military headquarters for both sides of the revolution. In 1810, Stephen Jumel and his wife Eliza purchased the property. Stephen died in suspicious circumstances, and she married again in 1832. This is, his, I'm assuming, his wife married again in 1832. This time to a man named Aaron Burr the former vice president who also killed Alexander Hamilton. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, this is getting interesting. So, rumors of paranormal activity in the mansion first surfaced in, 19, in the 1960s when a visiting group of school children claimed to have seen the ghost of Eliza Jumel, who appeared and told them to quieten, to quieten down. There have also been reports of a disembodied voice coming from inside an old grandfather clock and a Haitian soldier who emerges from a painting in the wall. Oh. Oh, okay. I like that. I, li I like that, too. Okay, so basically, like what we said before, it's the oldest house in uh, Manhattan. Um, it says that one of the house's former couriers sent for a psychic after she uh, heard pitiful moans in the house. The famous psychic Hans uh, Hauser answered that call and conducted a total of 20 seances. I'm sorry, two seances in the house. During the second seance, the moaner appeared as if on cue. He revealed himself as none other than Stephen, Stephen Jumel. He was reported to have said that his death was not an accident. He fell on a pitchfork, but it was his wife who removed the the bandages and watched in glee as her husband bled to death. Oh, um, that's some sick sadistic shit. Yeah, that, that that's that's um, <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the resident. Okay, so one of the house's former residents. And also one of Madame Jumel's former husbands, Aaron Burr, like we talked about, is said to still haunt the mansion, still longing for his wife. There is also a story of a jilted maidservant, a woman who is said to be exploring the third floor of the mansion, was allegedly very frightened by a ghost of the maid that she, seen, that she, that she died of a heart attack. This maid can often be seen on the third floor where the servant quarters are. It is said that she had committed suicide in the mansion, but they don't know why. So, huh. this one's getting there. <laughs> this one, how are you feeling so far about this one? Uh, I mean, I'm liking this one. <laughs> right? A little bit of mystery, a little bit of something. Uh, of course, the one ghost, it was a revolutionary soldier um, that we talked about, you know, that the, that the soldier would step out of the painting of the wall. That one's ooh, that one's a little more far fetched though. They but they say it mostly happens when like with like with like you know field trips and stuff like when kids visit the the home or whatever. So there's there's a lot there, <laughs> a, a lot there. Um, so yeah, that's um yeah. 
Although yeah. it has been, uh, it says the house was purchased by the state of New York in 1903 and was declared a national historic landmark in 1961. So there you go. So 60 years later, it, it, 60 years ago today is a national landmark. So how are you feeling? Again, how are you feeling so far? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm liking this. It, uh, you know, um, uh, people jumping out of paintings, I'm all about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like so it's like some Resident Evil shit going on or something. Right? But anyway, so yeah. All right, so you got the next one, Bo? I, I do. Next up, we're going to talk about the Fort William Henry Museum, and this is in Lake George, New York. Okay. Um Yeah, now the the, the picture is is pretty cool. It uh it looks very log cabiny. Yeah. Um very colonial if you would say so right um so it says that uh fort william henry museum is actually a replica that was built in the 1950s to represent the original british stronghold just off of lake george Hmm. how however this certainly does not seem to have discouraged the hundreds who died in a bloody massacre from returning after death to haunt the area Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Fort William Henry was lost in 1757 when it was attacked and destroyed by thousands of French soldiers during the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if if those that um were uh, the 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 returners uh as they call them uh are are french or or native american yeah so, that's what i'm thinking too yeah so uh, visitor visitors have said to have captured shadow figures in their photographs and report hearing whispered voices telling them to hurry up while visiting <laughs> shit you ain't gotta tell me twice hurry up fuck i'll leave now shit <laughs> you ain't yep, gotta tell me I'm, twice <laughs> yeah i'm out gone no no hey, i'm done nope <laughs> yo kids get in the car get, we, 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 we're getting out of here why are we getting out of here somebody just whispered hurry up oh that was just you okay yeah cool okay we can keep going <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah this one's uh this one's interesting i mean because that it brings a little bit of history to the uh to the haunting you know any and anytime you're dealing with history um right you know a lot of people really enjoy I got like like for me like anything historical like that's what interests me because then there's like okay there's some justification to the haunting does that make sense right yeah 100% so the next one we're going to talk about is the winery at Margem Manor and this is in Appleton New York now the winery at Margem Manor is one of the most haunted places in New York, and it appears on various paranormal television shows, including most terrifying places in America. Ooh, yeah. So this is going back in the like because I remember I I remember I don't remember that show being on in a while. Um, Me either. So it had to be so it had to be back in the day. Now, despite this, the owners insist that the spirits haunting the property are friendly in nature. It is believed that some of the spirits may date back all the way to the original family who built the property in 1834. There are also reports of a spirit dog that brushes against people's legs as they sit 
sipping their wine while looking out onto Lake Ontario. This is definitely a place for those interested in the paranormal, but who don't fancy who don't fancy encountering malevolent spirits. Okay, so I was interested and then I kind of waned a little bit. Bless you. I kind of waned a little bit because it's like, okay, a ghost dog? Hey, I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, because I, mean, I mean, if you're sitting there sipping your wine or whatever, you know, I mean, how many glasses, how many, I don't know how many, I don't know how the, how the winery taste testing thing goes or whatever. You know, you feel, if I feel a dog brush up, like, hey, little puppy dog, how you doing? Turn around, that dog's gone. It's like, okay, I know I've seen a fucking dog. Like, what, what the hell's going on? Right. So anyway, uh, how you feel about this one? Well, when you said the reports of a spirit dog, my, my brain initially went to um, a video game that I've been playing here lately on the Nintendo Switch, Luigi's Mansion 3. Okay. A, he is accompanied by a ghost dog while he's um, going through this hotel. Wow. Trying to uh, locate other ghosts that have captured uh, Mario and Peach and Toad and some of his other friends. Right. Hey, I, yeah, oh yeah, because they had the, um, they had the, uh, uh, like, like twenty five percent off or something along those lines. Yeah, for uh, Mario Day, I I got it. Then. Yeah, March tenth or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But anywho, um, but yeah, I mean, this was a pretty interesting one. I thought. Um, yeah. Not. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, granted, it wasn't on like the scary level, but I mean, there are some that are. You know, hopefully, we're going to come to some. I think the next one's going to be a little bit more scary. If you want to go ahead and hit them with that one. <laughs> Uh, I do. So next up, we're going to talk about the House of Death. Dun dun dun. Uh, so anytime you have anything called the House of Death, um, this should be pretty interesting. Uh, right. The House of Death is located in New York City. New uh, York. <clears throat> yeah, and it says if you visit number fourteen, West Tenth, in New York City, you will happen upon a beautiful townhouse on a quiet street. You would never believe that this unassuming home was one of the most haunted places in New York, with up to 22 different spirits dwelling inside what has come to be known as the House of Death. Okay. So, um, it says that Mark Twain lived in this house between 1900 and 1901 and documented a number of supernatural experiences that he had. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> so so that's interesting. Yeah, I'd like to give that um, document a, a look over. Uh me too. Uh it says that it's a little it's it's little surprise that the property is haunted giving its gruesome past. Throughout the 20th century, there have been some horrifying events that most the most famous of which includes a murder, suicide, and a six-year-old girl named Lisa Steinberg. Oh, shit. Yes. Um, it says that Lisa Steinberg, the six-year-old girl, was beaten to death by her adopted father, Joel Steinberg, in 1987. Fuck this guy. Uh, yeah. Fuck this guy with a cactus. Yes. He can kick rocks barefooted for all I give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. He can he can he can swallow a samurai sword. Um, it says there there have also been all manner of paranormal incidences reported in the house, and there were 
there have even been sightings of Mark Twain himself hmm. on on a few occasions. That might be interesting. <laughs> you sit, you know, if you you go to the house and you look around, and Mark Twain sitting there with his big old hair and big ass mustaches waving at you. Hi, friend. Like, right? Oh, okay. And this is the guy that wrote Huck Finn, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who don't know who Mark Twain is, um, um, yeah, if they don't know who Mark Twain is, there's a problem. Yeah, and I bet you some people when they find out who he is, oh my god, we got to cancel him. No, shut the fuck up. It's anyway. Gen Z. Yep, Gen, Gen Z. Yep. But anywho. Uh, yeah, this one was very interesting. The the one that I I, I and again, man, I, I don't like it when you hear about murder suicide. I mean, I mean, in a six year old girl, like the, the the whole thing. Did it say that the six year old girl getting beat by her adopted father was a part of the murder suicide, or is it um, two separate things? I think it's two separate things. I'm okay. trying to let's see. Because the name Steinberg, you know, has a, has a. I'm thinking Steinbrenner. I'm sorry, that's di- different, different, different sign. Right, you're you're thinking George Steinbrenner. Yeah, I'm thinking George, and you know, all those. Uh, so so here is the thing. Uh, it, it says one event, however, put the status of the house in the position of few doubters. On November second, nineteen eighty-seven, New York City witnessed a genuine tragedy at the House of Death. The murder of Lisa Newbaum uh, has twisted plot worthy of a Halloween or a Hollywood horror flick. So Lisa Newbaum Nussbaum um, is also known as Lisa Steinbrenner. Um, so it says around six fourteen a.m. nine one one operators got a pressing phone call from Children's Authority and editor Hedda Nussbaum. She said that her six-year-old daughter, Lisa, was beaten, so an ambulance was sent to her Greenwich residence right away. When the paramedics arrived, they were greeted by a very disturbing scene. They found Lisa lying naked and unresponsive on the kitchen floor, and her brother Mitchell tied to a playpen and soaked in his own urine. Oh, shit. Nussbaum herself was covered with bruises and had several broken bones. Investigators also discovered marijuana, cocaine, hashish, and 20 crack pipes, or over 20 crack pipes and $25,000 in cash at the apartment. Shit. Uh, Paramedics were regrettably unable to revive Lisa on their way to the hospital. Later, her autopsy revealed the cause of death was repeated blunt force trauma to her skull. Oh, man. Hedda and lawyer Joel Steinberg, Lisa's father, were both arrested and subsequently charged with first-degree murder. Uh, It was charged that after a cocaine binge, Joel violently abused both Lisa and his wife, Hedda. Um, Hedda then avoided a charge in exchange for testimony against Joel. A jury found him guilty of manslaughter in the second degree and sentenced him to a term in jail upon his release in 2004. This motherfucker Joel... got released? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. What the fuck? He beat the he beat a fucking 6-year-old girl half to death to death. And you get Continue. And in 2004 he was released and he left the law behind him 
So he was a legit lawyer. So he left that behind and took construction jobs. Like the mansion in the Amityville horror films, the house of death has become the resident of a real life monster. Fuck this guy, man. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy, man. Motherfucker should have been underneath the jail, dude. He should... Yeah. He, they, um, they didn't, they, he, didn't, he didn't get sent to the, to the right prison. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, send his ass. I don't know if he went to Sing Sing. I don't know if he went to Sing Sing. I don't know if he went to fucking, you know. Say what? Okay. No, just. It, it, it blows my mind that somebody can do something like this and them be allowed to leave. Like, man, no, no, fuck this guy. This guy should have his yeah. ass beat every fucking day of his life. You know, uh, exactly. Yes. I can't find anything um, on the the murder suicide that they talked about. Um, all I was able to find was the, the <laughs> report from Lisa Steinberg's uh, beating. Yeah, uh, it, it does say that the. The house of death is currently in private ownership. The building is resided in today and continues to add stories of hauntings to the legends of paranormal activity. Uh, the stairwell continues to be the nexus of the ghostly activities in the building. The dark and wide antique stairs are where many of the ghosts still make their appearances. Mm. Man. So, yeah, but I can't find anything on the, um, the on murder, murder suicide. suicide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I would like to know more about that. Right. Okay. So, so all right, moving on. Yeah, let's move on because my, yeah, my, my my blood my blood's boiling right now, dude. I'm so pissed exactly. off right now about that motherfucker. Now, I don't know if anybody knows Mr. Joel Steinberg. Tell him that Movement Radio said go fuck himself. That's what I say. Anyway, one hundred percent. So, I so that. yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is. Guernsey Hollow, and this is in Frewsburg, New York, and it's a cemetery. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't be the hauntings of if we if we didn't have at least a cemetery on on the on the docket. Now, most cemeteries are pretty creepy, but few have had terrifying legends on a par with on par with those linked to the hollow. The graveyard is tucked away down a side road which gradually tapers off into a dark track ending in this burial ground. It is <clears throat> excuse me. It is said that a 7-year-old, oh god, a 7-year-old mentally handicapped girl was stoned to death here by the locals for undisclosed reasons. She is just one of the of the unusual high concent concentration of children that are buried here. Many of the grave markers have been tipped over or vandalized, and this has caused unrest, resulting in many shadowy figures poised to attack any mortal who enters in this secluded cemetery at any time of night, any time of day or night. Are you fucking kidding? Whoa. Like, this, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, and again, we're back to this bullshit of you know, you know, 
stop fucking with the kids, man. The kids, you know, don't they're innocent, you know, like the kids exactly. are innocent. You should not, you know, a, a mentally handicapped child at that, you know, that's one of the things you just you don't do, you know, and, you know, the fact that, you know, like. I mean, because I mean, I don't want to go as far as children of the corn because I don't think it's that, but it's 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 like some now the children kind of haunt this area, and it's like if you come and you fuck with our final resting place, this will be your final resting place, motherfucker. Come try us, you know. Almost, right. it's almost to, to me that's what it sounds like. What about you? No, no, no. I definitely got that vibe. Um, I mean, like we said with the previous one, like. Why? Why you gotta fuck with kids? I mean, yeah. they are innocent, you know. Right. And having two kids myself, I know that you know sometimes they can be a handful. But never once have I ever thought I'm just gonna off one of them, <laughs> right? Because I mean that I don't know any 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 sane person who would think to harm their child. Like to, like I love both of my kids. With all my heart, I wouldn't even dare, dare do anything that would possibly, you know, kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love my wife with all of my being. I love my children more. Exactly. 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 Um, like, if, if she was to harm one of my children, I would have to put hands on her. Right. And I, don't, <laughs> I do not believe in putting hands on women. No. But I, when it comes down to my children... All bets are off. Right. There, there was one, there was one, um, and I know we're talking about the hauntings of, I think there, there was one comedian who said, he, he said that somebody told him one time, there's never an excuse to hit a woman. There is never an excuse to hit a woman. Okay. What if I walk in my house and my, and my, and my wife or my girlfriend just killed two of our kids? She's fixing to, you know, kill the third one. Can I punch her then? Nope. There's no excuse. Like, you're a fucking idiot. You know? Right. So there's a, like our good buddy Dave Williams said, there's a gray area, you know, there there's always a gray, gray area, area in everything that you do. Um, I missed that fucker, by the way. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> um, I ain't heard from him in a minute, though. I think the last no, I, had I, I think the last time I heard from him was something about something, something about, you know, congrats on Piper or something along those lines. I can't remember. He's because he doesn't use Dave. He doesn't use his name on Facebook. He uses a different right. name. Um, but anyway, so. Let's move on. We just talked about one cemetery. Now we're going to be fixing to talk about another one. So go ahead. Next up, we're going to talk about the Forest Park Cemetery, and this is in Brunswick, New York. Um, yep. <clears throat> so uh, Forest Park Cemetery, also known as Pine Woods Cemetery, hmm. is an abandoned graveyard in Brunswick, which is only visited by the bravest of souls these days. Okay. okay. Uh, those who do venture into the overgrowth burial ground or overgrown burial ground, I'm sorry, report feeling a cold chill running down their spines as they encounter unexplained cold spots all over the area. Okay. Okay. Um, there have also been a great deal of vandalism here. Some of the decapitated angels on the headstones have been said to bleed from their severed stone necks. Oh my god. Okay. Um That's some horror movie shit, dude. That's like some like like supernatural horror shit. 
Okay, so first off, if I'm anywhere and I see blood coming out of a stone neck, I'm gone. Right. See you. Peace. Deuces. Nope. Gone. Secondly, this is an abandoned graveyard. Like, nobody uses this anymore. So, this is, like, legit final resting area. Right. Of, of, you know, probably hundreds of people. Right. Um, it's, it's overgrown. There's nobody there to tend it anymore. I think that's sad in itself. Like, all graveyards should be tended and upkept, period. I agree, 100%. Um, so, shame on whoever runs or whatever on Pinewood Cemetery or Forest Park Cemetery, whichever you want to call it. Uh, shame on them. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, if I'm anywhere and I see blood coming out of a stone, peace out, I'm gone. I'm probably leaving the whole state. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <clears throat> it also says that several coffins are missing from the vandalized mausoleums, and many believe that it is this desecration that has disturbed the spirits, resulting in paranormal activity. Well, fuck yeah. <laughs> right. I you mean, don't desecrate the final resting place. Yeah, no. That's it. This is probably no. This this is one hundred percent the reason that these spirits are 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 there. Like they just right. wanted to rest peacefully and and go into the afterlife. Though, but no, you you got to be an idiot and, and go fuck with their final resting place. So yeah, I mean, it isn't thing. Anybody who disturbs any final resting place, you know what? You you get what comes to you, honestly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so yeah. how you feeling about this one? This one, this one's, man, like, whew. Like, I'm all for, like, because, I mean, I'm all for, like, you know, ghost hunting and things of that nature and stuff like that. Like, going and maybe, maybe seeing a spirit as long as you don't desecrate the resting place. You know what I mean? Because I think desecrate, I mean, when, right. when you, when you, when you hear the thing about, you know, the decapitated angels you know, like that's something like, no, you, you don't, you, I mean, cause obviously angels are a representation of heaven and you know, the, you know, the, you know, the spirits and things of that nature, you know? So when you decapitate a, a, the, the, the stone head of an angel, that's borderline heresy in a way, if you think about it, you know, because it's basically, oh, like, 100%. it's basically like, yeah, yeah. Fuck these angels, you know, you know, and then, and then you see the blood coming out these stone necks and you're like, Okay, that was a bad idea. I'm leaving. You know, like it's bad idea. Nope. Your ass ain't le- your ass ain't leaving that cemetery. <laughs> you might as well find a plot, start digging. You digging your own grave, as they say. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the overall, and, and it does, and it does say it says only visited by the bravest of souls. As in, you know, how much guts do you have to go into this area? I mean, it's <laughs> scary enough as it is to walk into a cemetery any time of day. Um, you know, like you'd be driving by a sim- like even driving by a cemetery at night, you get eerie feelings, you know? Um, so, but yeah, this one's a little, whew, this one's a little, this one's a little bit more out there in terms of 
Like, yeah, you don't, you, again, we don't, you don't fuck with the final wrestling place. And not only are they fucking with it, they're vandalizing it, they're desecrating it, and they're disturbing it. And it's like, kind of like what you said earlier, it's very disrespectful to people who are there, you know, resting and resting in peace, you know. And it's also exactly. kind of disheartening the, of the fact that people don't, you know, keep these cemeteries, you know, at least somewhat clean or somewhat you know kept up you know the upkeep like you know mowing the grass or tending to the headstones you know if one's cracked maybe replacing it or something along those lines you know you know because this is their final resting place so therefore they have to you know you would want them you know to be memorialized in the best possible way possible you know because people's people still visit those graves people still bring flowers people still bring you know, I mean, there are people who will go to a gravesite and just sit there and just talk, you know, to their dead relative, you know, whether it be an aunt or their mother or their spouse or whatever, you know, there's people that still go to the graves and talk to their relatives, you know, just to ease their mind, you know, and exactly. regardless, and regardless of your spirituality, however you want to, you know, however you feel spiritually, you know, whether you are a believer or a non-believer, you know, at that point, you're like, do whatever you have to do to clear your mind. Do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel better. You know, um, you know, you know, like I got a buddy of mine who's an atheist who who says that if he's seen if he drives by a cemetery and he sees somebody there, he's not going to run up to him and say, hey, he's not really in there. He can't hear you, blah, 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 because that's being disrespectful to somebody who's in who's grieving, you know. You exactly. let that person grieve, you know, and that's what that's what the grieving process is. It's grieving, but at the same time, it's also remembering and it's also being happy. And if you fuck with somebody who's grieving, you're the asshole. You, you know what I mean? So, but anyway, so the next one we're going to talk about is one that I think the majority of the people who are who are any fan of the horror movie genre whatsoever, or horror what or horror or paranoia, paranormal or whatever, they're gonna know this next one. This is the Amityville House in Long Island, New York. This one's interesting because there's been so much about it. Now, everyone is familiar with the Amityville horror. There has been a debate raging on regarding whether or not the book that inspired a popular horror movie franchise is a work of fiction or if it is a true account of a genuine haunting. But the general consensus is that it is a very least heavily embellished. Okay? However, regardless of this, we must not forget that aside from the alleged paranormal events described by the Lutz family, there there was still a brutal murder that took place in this property. In 1974, Ronald DeFoyo Jr. murdered six members of his family as they slept, claiming that the quote-unquote voices told him that they were plotting to murder him. This has left, this, this, this has to have left some some kind of mark on the property so genuine hauntings are not out of the question so i've seen all the amityville horror movies that have ever been produced i've seen the one with ryan reynolds i've seen the original one like and i'm sure chip you have as well i have have you did you ever like have you ever thought of 
the Amityville because obviously when you think of Amityville because it was based on a book that was that inspired the the, the horror movie genre, was it a work of fiction? Was it based on a true account? How how are you feeling about this one particular? Uh, I mean, I feel like it was probably based upon a true account. Um, <clears throat> there probably some embellishment that went into it. Obviously, like any, like anything, it's it's revisionist history. It's right. um, what one person remembers, or even if there's multiple people. Then, you know, one person might remember it one way, one person might remember it a different way. And then you got to kind of piece this together to figure out what's true, what's false, um, what really happened, what didn't really happen. Or if it did really happen, then in what order did it happen or whatnot? Right. Yeah. Although the the, the incident that took place with uh, Mr. DeFoyo... Uh, murdering six of his family members claiming that the voices told him to do it uh you know that one's i mean that one we can say is probably embellished but there are the claims of people who are schizophrenic who hold who say that they hear the voices in their head um and different things like that so this one is probably a little bit more plausible i think right so but yeah um but uh, but of course ladies and gentlemen i mean up, leave it up to your own devices you know if you believe this particular story or if you are if you're a fan of the i mean obviously the, the amityville horror movies are one us are, are big big popular horror movie franchises so especially in those horror movies they could be embellished a lot as well oh yeah um so you know when you take i mean anytime you take like you can hear something and you have a source material and then you add on to the source material you know um you know well, and you then gotta it, make a good story Exactly. So if the story is interesting enough, people will buy it, you know, and like, I really don't know anybody who would like if they see the original Amityville and then they go and they watch the Ryan Reynolds uh, version of Amityville. They're like, oh, man, it was it was kind of the same. It was, they did it differently. They weren't supposed to do this. They left out this. They added this, you know, and it's like, hmm, you're being critical of a movie about, you know, a haunting that none of us were there for. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like arguing with somebody about, you know, anytime a movie gets remade or anything like that, there's always that argument of the original was better or something along those lines. You know, like I never really got into that debate because at the end of the day, I feel like it's a generational thing, you know, well, not only is it a generational thing, but when you, when you come down to it, it's whoever the director was, it, it's their vision, their version of, you know, that story. Right. Because you have, you know, Christopher Nolan's version of the Batman series, and then you have Tim Burton's version of the Batman series. And both of them are two completely different versions. Like Tim Burton's was more based on the comic books, more cartoony, you know, with characters and things of that nature. And then you have Christopher Nolan's trilogy, which is more dark and more, uh, more of a realistic point of view from, for, for Batman. So, right. No, didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that, but I do think it, it, that it's possible that, you know, even though there is embellishment, you know, you know, you can still find even there's, there's still a little bit of truth, even in a lie. Correct. You know? So, all right. So you got the next one. 
Yep. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Utica State Hospital. And uh, obviously, this is in Utica, New York. Get your shit together. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So when, when Utica State Hospital opened in 1843... It was the first state-run hospital for the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. Uh, back then, it was called the New York State Lunatic Asylum, and hmm. it was considered to be state-of-the-art for the time. Okay. However, like many asylums of that era, the treatment of the patients was anything but supportive or caring. Um, it was routine for staff to perform lobotomies, electric shock therapy, mm. and other inhumane treatment methods. Wow. Yes. Um, the patients lived in filthy conditions that were confined to cramp accommodations with little to no medical care. Okay. Um, Hello? This was when it was a lunatic asylum, not a a hospital. So um, it was the hospital where the Utica crib was invented. Hmm. It was a long, shallow cage where agitated patients were placed to calm them down. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. You, you, You got somebody that's going crazy. You place them in a cage. I'm just going to go much more crazy. <laughs> Fucking shit, man. Um, it says that it was also used as a punishment for undesirable behavior. So wait, so wait, 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 wait. So you mean the same thing that you're going to use to calm down a patient is the same thing you're using to punish a patient? Yep. The fuck? Okay, go ahead, continue. Um, the hospital has long since closed. Thank God. But it is by no means empty. Uh huh. This is without a doubt one of the most haunted hospitals in the state of New York, and there are still patients wandering the halls. Mm-hmm. People have seen faces looking out of the windows, and it is common to hear the patients screaming for help from inside the building. Mm. For the most part, the hospital is off limits. On occasion, they do allow ghost tours and paranormal investigations to take place on the premises. Mm. There's your red flag. Yep. Yep. That's the. That's I, the. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say any time that you know you you kind of rent this place out, you're diminishing the 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 trueness of what's really going on right not to say that the place isn't haunted but the 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 fact that you're providing ghost tours and paranormal investigation which paranormal investigations i can understand but when you're allowing the ghost tours to take place that's when it's like eh. right people are making money doing this and who's getting the money like who i mean obviously i mean it, it would be a state-owned hospital so obviously it's, it's the state that's making the money and what are they using that money for is it to go back into other things involving you know you know who knows you know what i mean 
yeah, I, I assume it's probably the state of New York, the government that is is reaping the wealth uh, from these ghost tours because I'm sure they're not giving them away for free. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. So. All right. So the next one that we are going to talk about is the Sagamore, and this is in Lake George, New York. We're back to Lake George again. Okay. So with that being said, the Sagamore Hotel is located on the very beautiful Lake George. The Trivium is the hotel's fine dining restaurant, and it gets repeat visits from a couple who were among the hotel's very first guests. The ghostly couple is said to descend from the second floor and take a seat in the restaurant's reception room before disappearing without a trace. Interesting. Now, Mrs. Brown is also another dining uh, place spirit in the, at the resort, which is frequently by a ghost of a tall woman with flowing, sandy blonde hair wearing, can you want to guess? A white dress. There you go. <laughs> it is said that the woman spoke to one of the staff, walked through him, and disappeared. The cook quit and never came back to the restaurant. <laughs> Uh, I don't blame him. I don't blame you, brother. Do not blame you. Now, one of the hotel's employees is reported to have stopped into an empty elevator and bumped into someone who was not visible to him. A portly man then suddenly materialized, and he was called Walter by the employees. Mm -hmm. Golfers of the hotel have also reported seeing the spirit of a little boy Oh, God. From the early 1950s, the boy was believed to have chased errant balls during the time. It sold the errant balls he found for money. It is believed that he was hit by a car chasing one of these balls. Yeah. So, the Sagamore oh, Hotel's... Yeah, yeah. So the Sagamore's hotel history started in the late 1800s when the hotel operator Myron Brown wanted to build an exclusive resort community in Lake George. With the help of four millionaires in the Philadelphia area, they purchased the Green Island to build their dream hotel on. The resort opened in 1882 and it was badly damaged by fire in 1893 and 1914. The hotel has was reconstructed and reopened in 1930 now throughout the existence the sagamore hotel has been a haven for wealthy tourists as well as residents of millionaires row however shortly before 1981 the hotel fell into dis disrepair and closed down it was purchased by the by norman walgen or walgen and re and restored the sagamore is listed on the national register of historic places now the historic Sagamore Hotel in its classic architecture has 83 elegant rooms and 54 suites. Although the design is traditional and classic, the amenities of the hotel are all modern. Um, the room is ideal for honeymooners, families, and people who just want to go relax and spend time away from their homes. Um, the hotel's rooms, one-bedroom parlors and suites, either club-style ambiance, um, if good food is a passion, then you will love spending the dime. Pretty much the rest of this article is all about wanting to go check it out. It has wireless internet, refrigerators, microwaves, plasma TVs, private balcony, fitness center, air conditioning, AV equipment, iron and board, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
And if you want to rent this room, you can still do it. The lower level lodge rooms are only $199 a night. A night? Uh, a night. And okay. the hotel's Lakeview King Suites start at $319 a night. If you want to go check it out. <laughs> um, so with all that being said, let, let's focus more on the hauntings for this one. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, so-so on this one. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there's said to be the spirit of the little boy, uh, who used to find lost in abandoned balls and would sell them back to the pro shop being hit by a car. Um, I'm sure that was just an accident, you know, not... Right. I, I I want to say that they didn't run him down because he was uh, a, a true entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, uh, it it also seems like you know it says he can often be seen on the grounds, and many guests have heard him giggling. So he he's not you know uh, an evil spirit, right? You know, it, it's just he's still a kid. He's probably still looking for them golf balls, still trying to, you know, make a little extra cash. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know what about about the uh, the one about the sandy about about the tall woman with the sandy blonde hair walked right through the guy, and he was like, "You know what? I don't need to do this anymore. I'm done." (laughs) No, no, no. I I definitely I'm with him. Yeah, no, Um, I'm out. So you peace. Yeah. Although the the ghostly couple just that just sits down like like they're fixing to have they're, like they're fixing to eat you know and then they just disappear. Like where the fuck right. these people go? They were here a minute ago and now they don't here no more. Like <laughs> okay, do they get mad and leave? I don't think they got mad and leave. I think they just left. They didn't say nothing yeah. to you. Nope, <laughs> these people have gone. Nope, I'm done. I'm out. Yep, peace. I'm done too. You. Hell no, I, you 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 ain't get me. Um, yeah, I mean. Are you brave enough to stay one night at the Sagamore? Maybe brave isn't the word. It's like, can you afford a night at the Sagamore? Maybe that's what right. The, maybe that's what the real question should be. All right. So you got the last one. I do. Last up, we're going to talk about the Rolling Hills Asylum, and this is in East East Bethany, New York. Um, so Rolling Hills Asylum is a 19th century poorhouse, which has seen thousands of deaths in fact it is estimated that 1700 bodies lie in unmarked graves on the premises mm-hmm. when it first opened in 1826 it was known as Janessa County Poorhouse where lunatics paupers and vagrants were put to work on the farm it mm-hmm. later became an infirmary an orphanage a tuberculosis hospital and a nursing home. So, so this ah. has been, you know, a little bit of everything. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Um, it is now thought to be one of the most haunted buildings in New York, with a large amount of paranormal activity seemingly centered on the psych ward, the morgue, and the graveyard. Excuse me. Wow. One of the most commonly reported apparitions is a seven foot tall shadow man which is believed to be the spirit of an inmate named Roy 
who lived at the Rolling Hills Asylum for most of his life and died in 1942 at the asylum. Wow. Seven foot tall shadow man. Wow. That that's that's a mouthful right there. That's a scary one. Um I'm 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 thinking Slender Man at that point. You Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know. Uh <laughs> I, I see a seven foot tall shadow man like walking towards me. Hey, you you gonna see me like Scooby Doo and Shaggy. <laughs> right? Gangway <laughs> Yep. Like, oh. I'm <laughs> jumping in some, hey, I'm jumping in somebody's coat pocket. Right, right. <laughs> going, let's just go. They, they finna move furniture. I'm moving my legs. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yep. yeah, this one, this one was, this one was, uh, I'm, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of blah on it. Um, for the fact that you know, I mean, really, the only one interesting was the seven foot shadow figure. Right. Um, not really much anything, you know, about that one, honestly. Um, so out of all the ones that we've looked at this evening, which one did you find the most interesting? Uh, so, uh, obviously the Amityville house, right? Uh, there was that. And then the, um, the forest park cemetery, uh, where they talked about the, um, the angels being the stone angels being severed their their heads being severed and then bleeding from the their stone necks like that was um yeah yeah for me i will say that the i'll give you a couple uh the morris jamel mansion in manhattan that was one that i that i thought was very interesting um what was that the house of death in new york was very interesting um, and I'll say it one more time, Joel Steinberg. If you ever listen to this, go fuck yourself. Um, and also the four, also Forest Park Cemetery as well. Of course, Amityville that, that's there. Um, uh, the the Sagamore and Lake George was interesting, but is like you know some of some of it seemed a little bit out, a little bit too out there, you know. Right. Um, and although although and and, and then. The Utica State Hospital would have been cool had they had not said, "Oh yeah, they allow ghosts towards a paranormal activity." And it's like, or paranormal investigation. It's like you kind of ruined it. You, you know, that could have been a a different one. Yeah, if if it would have just been paranormal investigations, fine, okay, I, I'm I'm with you. But but now you're paying people for ghost tours. So mm-hmm. how much of this are you putting on? Exact exactly. Like how so. much embellishment are you? Who you hiring to, you know, scare these people, you know. Exactly. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode of The Hauntings of, if I believe, if I'm not mistaken, because I was wrong earlier in the day, if I'm not mistaken, North Carolina is the next episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes North right. Carolina is up next. North Kakalaki, as they call it. Um, I, I, I will refrain from calling it North Kakalaki. Uh, that being said, though, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of The Hauntings of. Chip, anything you want to say before we end the program this evening? As always, uh, movementradio.us. It is your one-stop shop for everything Movement Radio. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, we just got a, a a lady who gave us a review on the uh, episode where we did the interview with um, Andrew Young. 
Um, so, you know, you can definitely go there, leave us a review. Uh, that really helps us out a lot. Um, you can visit our Patreon page, our YouTube, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all from movementradio.us. You can go to our merch store and buy some merch. Uh, new merch coming soon, by the way. So yes. um, there's there's that. Um, definitely, you know, movementradio.us. Uh, as I say, your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Yes, absolutely. Um, we got a couple of ideas. We'll 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 spit, but we'll parlay about that here in a little while. Um, some ideas. I think I've already sent you like a couple of t-shirt designs. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and um, you know, as always, uh, guys, check out the previous episodes. Um, also check out our Patreon page. We got a brand new couple couple of brand new videos up on Patreon um, that you guys can take a look at um, if you're interested. Um, but yeah, and again, we can't say this enough. Sean Thompson, personal training. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Sean, for you know just being just a great mentor in a sense of getting me to you know push myself. Uh, he has a great workout plan um, for where he combines boxing and yoga together. Um, you guys need to definitely check it out. And if you mention Movement Radio, he will give you one month absolutely free if you sign up for three months. So make sure you go check him out at ThompsonPersonalTraining.com. Um, so, uh, on Facebook, he does have a fa- he doesn't have a website. One day he will, hopefully. Um, yes. well, if this thing goes out, I'm praying he does. Praying he gets, uh, you know. Praying he gets, you know, way better, you know. Um, definitely check him out, man. He he does a lot of great work. Um, but uh, were you going to say something, Chip? I, I was going to say, so does he call that boga or yoxing? Um, <laughs> he, he, has a, he, he has a name for it, but he don't want to put it out there just yet. Cause he don't want, uh, he doesn't want to put too much. I, he made, he, he made me promise not to p- reveal too much. Um, you know, yeah, just I, I a just, combination of boxing and yoga. That's the only thing. Cause I, cause I immediately said, you're going to call it yoxing. You're going to call it a uh, boga. He goes, boga. He, well, well he said, he said boga sounds too close to bogus. So he doesn't want to call it that. I'm like, ah, okay. He, he, he told me what he was going to call it, but he told me right. not to, you know, say it just yet. Just know it's boxing yeah, yeah. and yoga. Um, that being said though, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the hauntings of, we'll see you guys next time on another episode where we talk about North Carolina and we'll see you guys then. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. As always, follow us on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you follow, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, patreon.com and movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. And I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.